Are you a fan of one of the three high schools in the town of Fort Mill? Well, you've come to the right place to catch up on all the information surrounding your favorite team. We're just three old dudes who love high school athletics and love the town of Fort Mill. Call us, the Mouthy Milltowners. Can Hassan get him on his back? He's not going to get there. Fort Mill can feel it. They're about to be state champions in Class 5A. The Yellow Jackets pull it off. What a win for the program. And Coach Chris Brock gets his first state championship. What a duel. Wow. And as you hear right there, yes, they did do it. We wondered if they would be able to do it. And they did do it. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Mally Milltowners. Keith Cook, I'm John Turner, Mac Banks. The Fort Mill Yellow Jackets are the 5A state champions in wrestling. Coach Chris Brock, 20-plus uh, years uh, here at the Hive. Uh, him, Coach Marillo, uh, their entire staff, and that group of wrestlers uh, took on a Sun Somerville team that was uh, really good. And they brought a lot of fans to Dreer High School. Uh, Saturday night down in Columbia, South Carolina, on a less than chamber of commerce weather-wise, it was mm. it looked more like Seattle than uh, than mid Midlands of South Carolina. It but has all winter here. Yeah. It seems like um, highlights of that. Uh, Lincoln got a pin in in about 50 seconds. Henry DeBout pinned his opponent, and you ready for this? 25 seconds. Fort Mill jumped out to. They actually fell behind three nothing. Were ahead six to three. Never lost that lead. Somerville got to within a couple, but Fort Mill kept getting the win. And then that last wrestler that was on the mat, you wonder who that was? Well, that was the head coach's son, Caleb Brock. And the only thing he needed to not do was get pinned. He did not get pinned. And the Fort Mill Yellow Jackets win it 34-32, the 5A state champions. And you could just tell by Chris Brock's reaction that the monkey was off the back, the rings going on the finger, uh, but he was real quick, uh, Mac Banks, to uh, basically give the uh, wrestlers and not only the current wrestlers but previous wrestlers in the staff all the credit. I thought his uh, post-match interview was uh, pretty Chris Brock-ish. Yeah, the thing is, if you were there on Saturday night and you looked around, especially on the Fort Mill side, it was kind of like a wrestling reunion. There were people that he coached. 25 years ago that you know that he was there that some of the big names that were here in fort mill andy king you had um broke markles were there you had brandon fakes there you had just state champion after state champion after state champion that he coached coming up through the ranks that were there to actually see it obviously a couple state champions on his staff now aj lighten being one of them probably the best wrestler that's ever put on a singlet here and and there were also family members and and not just his family members but mothers and fathers of previous wrestlers that is that have already came through the program decades ago that there's really no need for them to even you know come back they're no longer affiliated with the program no longer affiliated with you know Fort Mill High School but they were there supporting him supporting the wrestling program and it's just it's telling about how much this man coach brock has poured into all these athletes over two plus decades 
and to see him finally get that state championship ring, finally get that state championship, it's it was very very emotional. He was a you know he was cool as a cucumber like he always is, but for you know other people it was very emotional, very um, very I guess he felt relieved. That's he said the one word that he felt was relieved to finally get that like you said get the monkey off his back. And I mean, I've watched the guy for almost two and a half decades, you know, climb to the mountain, get near the mountaintop, be knocked back down, get back up, climb further, knock back down. And it's just a testament to, you know, what he preaches in that wrestling room and what he preaches to his kids. And, you know, it's finally, finally pays off. And, and, you know, we're supposed to be, you know, non-bias and, and stuff like that and everything but i mean you, you want to see stories like that you want to see individuals like that succeed and and finally get you know get to the pinnacle of, of their sport i mean something he said he's been chasing for 33 years between being an assistant at rock hill high for a decade you know under jim barnes and everything to finally coming over here and taking this program which has already started when he got here but Taking it to a new level, I mean, the guy basically started a, a wrestling youth program. So these kids and a lot of these kids that were on his team that won the state title, he's known them since they were five, six years old. And they he's kind of helped raise them, bring them up through the ranks. They wrestled for the Fort Mill Youth Wrestling as elementary school students, middle school students, and obviously when they get to high school. So it's, I mean, it's one of these things that, you know, he didn't just – build a team he's built a program here and it's it's paid off and you know can't be more happy for him and everything that the program's achieved finally the voice that you heard at the very beginning by the way that's uh tyler cup uh wrhi uh but that particular night uh he was doing the broadcast for nfhs he is a friend of mine a friend of ours uh i should say and uh something that he said uh, that I took a lot of pride in, and again, trying to be uh, unbiased and trying to shoot down the middle here, but um, I really was not that uh, Saturday night. Um, it kind of funny, he, he said that uh, a few things about it. He said he wasn't sure how the call at the end was going to be because, in his words, Fort Mill fans were making so much freaking noise, he wasn't sure if it was going to come across. Now, what I'll say is he, he also added that the 2A, the 3A, the 4A brought some fans, but the 5A packed the joint out. Somerville, their entire section, and they were doing the green wave, green, and they're the dormant of the low country, right? And here's little old Fort Mill, but the Fort Mill side was packed. And like you said, Mac, it was the first person we saw as we walked in the building was Stacy Kelly. And yeah. Her son's uh, yeah. Jack. Yeah, and uh, they they wrestled for Coach Brock. They it's been so long ago. One of them's already graduated from the Citadel, right? She doesn't even live in the Milltown anymore, but she right. showed up right. to show support for Chris Brock, Adam Marillo, and those wrestlers on the mat. Bella Hoffman was there last night. She's graduated, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And to see him finally get that moment, um, there was a moment I thought he was going to get kicked out <laughs> at one point. Um, he, 
it, it was kind of interesting. At one point, Coach Murillo looked like he was going to lose it, and it was Coach Brock who was telling him to calm down. And then about two or three minutes later, it was Chris. Literally, Adam had his arms around his midsection, dragging him, back, him yeah. off the mat. I mean, Brock, I think, would have assaulted the guy if you had gotten to him. And, um, and the officiating was kind of – basically, the crux of the issue was Aiden Eubanks, I think it was, he had pinned that other dude about two or three times, but each time they said it was, quote, outside the circle. And, I mean, it was borderline, and that's being polite. Um, and, and in a state championship match like that, every point's crucial. Uh, so, and, and a difference between a pin is massive. Um, and really, if you look at it, the number of pins that Fort Mill got versus Somerville ended up being the difference. Right. And so... Um, but I told Tyler, joking, I said, look, you wouldn't have wanted me on the broadcast with you. I probably would have gone all fanboy there at the end, ripped off my headset, jumped over the railing, and gone into the blue and gold mosh pit that uh, that cascaded onto the floor of Dreer High School. But um, it's one thing to do it um, in a neutral site, but against a, a machine like Somerville. And then for yeah. Chris Brock to finally get that state championship. And you gotta, you got to – Think about, was it a month ago, a month and a half ago, he sat right here in this chair, mm-hmm. and we asked him, what's it going to take to win a state championship? Yeah. And everything that he said had to happen, happened. And the thing is, he's had, I mean, this year's team has probably been the best team he's ever had. Now that he's had teams with more wins, they finished with 27 wins. But um, just from top to bottom, skill-wise, you know, technique-wise, it's, it's the best team he's had, and it obviously showed. I mean, he's had teams where they have been okay, and they've had standout wrestlers like A.J. Light and like Jay Cart, but they haven't had the, you know, 1 through 14 total lineup. I think yesterday Harrison Knoll came up with a big win. He's been struggling a little bit. He came up with a big win, a pin, and um, Grayson Sykes at heavyweight. You know, to you know, the heavyweight guys—they're not—they're not exactly as agile as the smaller weights. But for him to come away with a one-zero decision, and and to get that one-zero thing where you know he got to escape, and that was the only point of the match for him to come away with that. He, some guys stepped up in in the finals that hadn't been stepping up as often, and you know they didn't falter when the bright lights were on. And again. It's just a testament to everything that Coach Brock has done to establish Fort Mill as a wrestling town, as a wrestling school, so to speak. Well, and, and I found it interesting when we had him on the program a few weeks ago, and I've been thinking about this ever since, His uh, when he was talking about his lineage as to who used to coach him, and, and he you know somehow related it back to Bill Lamb, who was the great wrestling coach at the University of North Carolina. And so it made me thinking about this, that he had not won a state championship and it was very similar to the coaching, I guess, career of Dean Smith at North Carolina, where mm-hmm. all these years he had this great program, these great teams, and they just couldn't get over that hump. And then finally in 82 when they beat Georgetown, they could finally say, all right, now Dean yeah. Smith can finally relax. He's got his championship. And I think now Coach Brock, he's probably going to have some even better teams coming up because now he doesn't have that pressure on, on him anymore, although – to us, visibly, it doesn't yeah. look like he has any pressure and on the th- him. Well, the thing is, you know, Fort Mill's always been known as like, well, you know, they got great teams, they got great wrestlers, but they haven't won the big one. Well, you know, whether it's one state title or, 
you can be like you know Eastside and Jack uh, Kozmecki, who I think they've won eight in a row now, 4A Eastside Eagles. So I mean it, it's crazy, and but you know Coach Brock, you know we go by this this whole thing about Brock solid and everything, and but right now you can really say it's Brock solidified because he's he solidified his his place in in history in the state and and you know obviously in this town in Fort Mill High School as one of the coaches and you know Fort Mill has had a lot of coaches come through the doors um but he's you know he's joined that upper echelon who's won state titles and his legacy was already bright enough and now you right. know it just got even brighter after yesterday and so I I don't think this is going to be the end of it by any stretch well it it's I heard some people walking out of the arena last night. Your senior son is the last wrestler. Oh, what a great moment for him to walk away. Um, then I've heard other folks like yourself say, well, it's just one of more to come. Um, I go back to the question I asked him when he was here, and I said, uh, when do you see yourself fishing full time? And remember, he brushed that off pretty quickly. He, he was not <laughs> yeah. ready to go fishing full-time. But uh, let him enjoy this. Let him uh, just all the accolades and let him just – I don't know if he slept. It, probably not. Um, I know if I was him, I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. um, but to him, his wife, Debbie, their children, uh, this is just a great moment for that entire family. Mm -hmm. For Coach Marillo, who's been beside Coach Brock's side now for – 14, Over 15 a, yeah, years, yeah, a decade and a half yeah. for Adam. You just, it, it, it's just such a great moment. Uh, but we'll let him decide what he wants to do, obviously. And, and um, But just, it's one of those things where if he's not considered one of the greatest now in, that, in this sport, in this state, something's wrong. Because yeah. the one thing that he didn't have, he now has it. To me, I'll equate it to Andy Reid. Everybody said, oh, yep. the greatest coach to never won a Super Bowl till he won a Super Bowl. Now he might win a second one tonight. And now he won, might win a second one again. So, um, And like you said, Keith, maybe this opens up the floodgates. And But, Mac, you're right. Josh Jasmedia, um, Bella Hoffman, mm -hmm. there have been a – just a, the hallway to the wrestling room. Look at their pictures on the wall. These are folks that went on to D1 schools and did some really great things individually and and speaking of individual wrestlers wrestling's not done i no, know that sounds no, crazy that's true. that's true they they've issued all the state championships liberty won west oak and you know, so on so fort mills 5a champ but individual wrestling correct me if i'm wrong mac in two weeks time the individual championships will be crowned um not right. uh not next no not friday not, but the following yeah, the week of the weekend of the 17th and 18th is the upper state uh, it's a qualifier for the state. You got to finish in the top four of your weight class to move on to the state um, championship, which is held the 24th and 25th at the Anderson Civic Center in Anderson, South Carolina. And um, yeah, that's where the individuals will be crowned. Um, so it's a uh, top eight wrestlers in the state, four from the upper, four from the lower. Um, they'll battle it out. It's double elimination. Um, so, you think Lincoln and Henry and I think a there's a lot of I think yeah mill. I think Lincoln uh, Crean uh, Henry DeBout um, Aiden Eubanks Aiden Eubanks for sure uh, Logan Shope 
Um, there's a lot, uh, Noah Kitchton, there's a lot that um, can can do. And usually what happens is you'll have somebody that you didn't, it's kind of like horse racing, you didn't put money on, you didn't expect to do well, and they'll come out of nowhere, or someone who's maybe struggled some during or throughout the season, they'll come out of nowhere and put together a good couple of days and, you know, they're in the finals or they're state champions. So it's just it's just a matter of peaking at the right time again as a team, as an individual. So yeah, they, they've got a good chance to bring home I would say at least three, maybe more state champions. And, and don't and, forget about yeah, Mitchell Ladonis and Clayton Rigel. Nation Ford and Catawba Ridge does they have as four well. or five guys so. that probably could. You can I I have a feeling you're gonna have like I said, Keith, there's gonna be about four or five cats. I would think this town Clayton from Nation Ford for sure. Clayton Rigel. So And that that's not even talking about Catawba Ridge and, and what yeah, they can do. Yeah, they've got they've got people the they can do level it. Too, Jake so. Keys. So Yeah, yeah. but a, a great night and um I'm sitting in this chair just beaming with pride as a Milltowner, uh, regardless of Fort Mill, Nation Fork, Top Ridge, as a Milltowner sitting here knowing that the trophy with the gold plate on it is in this town. Exactly. The state championship. And by the way, that's the fourth state championship for Fort Mill High School in a year and a half. And it's the 30th yeah, in 30th all time in the not, athletic department. Not bad yeah. for a so called band school, huh? Yeah. Just saying. Just saying. Yeah. By yeah, the way, apparently we've got three band schools in this town. Right? <laughs> apparently. Um, and that's no disrespect to the band schools. No, it's not just that we can play a little athletics as yeah. well. So yeah. I think it's swimming, softball, cross country, and now and wrestling mm-hmm. yeah. for Fort Mill High School. Um, four state titles. Um, and that doesn't even talk about the two runner-ups in there sprinkled in as well. So um, a lot of pride there and congratulations to coach brock absolutely um who knows maybe we'll have him on as a celebratory we'll we'll spray champagne on him and uh piss him off a little bit and, and no, get you can do that i'm, I'm not gonna yeah. do that i think mac I mean, and i'll uh, be out that day uh, yeah i'm not doing call that sick <laughs> they're calling in six six weeks early who knew? <laughs> but, um, other fireworks were going on in the town of fort mill this week uh basketball we finally know who's in the playoffs and who's not in the playoff playoffs <laughs> playoffs at least and now we can talk about now playoffs. we can talk about the playoffs basically everybody are you ready <laughs> everybody's in the playoffs everybody's in Everybody everybody's in. in the playoffs catawba ridge girls fort mill girls nation four girls all three boys teams in the playoffs you get a game and you get a game yeah the oprah win you took my line the oprah winfrey of the playoffs everybody's in um so here's how it ended up working out well let's go into tuesday night I'll talk about Fort Mill at Clover real quick. Uh, the girls' game didn't go the way that Fort Mill would wanted it to have gone. Uh, really just Clover just too strong. It was one of those things where Fort Mill had lost two or three going in. Clover had lost four straight region games in a row going into that game against Fort Mill. When's the last time you heard the Hard Lady Blue Eagles? Yeah, that's, four that's straight weird. Re- I had to go back a long, long way to find the data it'd been quite a while since they had done it so uh but that was the situation they were clearly in the playoffs fort mill uh hung in there for a little while the second period was the difference it was tied at eight at the end of the first quarter clover outscored fort mill 13 to nothing in the second period that was the difference fort mill actually got within four the start of the fourth period but could not hold on and then the boys game 
got underway over in the Eagles' nest. And usually when Fort Mill goes over to the Eagles' nest, it ends up being a one possession. Who makes the final shot? Everybody's holding their breath, bringing it into, breathing into a brown bag of some kind, trying to figure out who's going to come away with the victory. And Fort Mill was able to come away in the end, a rather comfortable 61 to 50 victory. Uh, in my seven years as the voice of the Jackets, that's the largest margin of victory over Clover at Clover. Uh, so that set up a situation where, okay, Fort Mill still tied for first until Blythewood beat Rock Hill 46 35. That meant after Tuesday night's play, the Fort Mill Yellow Jackets were in sole possession of first place in Region 35A, and the Fort Mill Lady Jackets were in last place on the outside looking in to the playoffs. And uh, But that little different spin, Keith, for your nation Ford Falcons, their Tuesday night that had a little bit different look to it for Coach Bennett and Coach Brown. It did. And actually, uh, Tuesday the girls hosted Spring Valley, which we knew would be a difficult uh, contest for sure, but a uh, win and they're in, and that's what they needed. Unfortunately, it was Spring Valley early and often on senior night as the Vikings rolled to a 78-48 win. But by virtue of that loss to Clover by Fort Mill on Tuesday night, the Falcons clinched their spot in the playoffs. So a loss by Blythewood to Spring Valley on Friday and a win over Fort Mill would give the Lady Falcons the fourth seed in Re- Region 3, but we will talk about that a little bit later. Only one senior on this squad, Lael Valdez, so Nation Ford has a lot to look forward to next season, regardless of how the Friday night game turned out or this season for that matter. Kayla Wilmore led the Falcons with 15 points, and Camille Carriage chipped in 13. Also, the JV girls lost against Spring Valley 35-27. Now, the, the boys game, also on senior night, was going to determine some playoff seating as well. Nation Ford had an opportunity to gain in the standings with a win over Spring Valley, and they had to win by three or more in order to give them the tiebreaker over the Vikings. The seniors honored before the game were Sheldon Joseph, Nick Chuddy, Daheem Knowles, and Kellen Ellison, and they had a great opportunity to go out a winner on their home court. Falcons led 12-6 to six after 1-7 and up by 7 at half, and they cruised on to a 59-44 win, improving them to 2-7 and seven in the region. Tied with Spring Valley, but they do hold the tiebreaker. J.J. Rembert had 18. Sheldon Joseph on his senior night chipped in 14. Nick Chuddy and Caden Giles with 10. And that set up Friday night's showdown with Fort Mill. And also the ninth grade boys beat Spring Valley 40-38, to and the JV boys won 46-41 over the Vikings. And so, that brings us to Friday. So it brings us to Friday, and we'll go ahead and point this out. We finally got a resolution to the question we've had for several months, and his old man tapped me on the shoulder Friday night and said, we're old school Fort Mill, it's Caden Giles. It is Giles. It's okay. Giles. And so I had said the, the youngin's name wrong twice, and he tapped me on the shoulder and told me those words, and I said, thank you, sir. I think people misunderstand that that public address announcers don't like that. The ones who are not very good don't like that. But the ones who want to make sure they get it right, like Keith, do you like know, I don't want to toot our own horn, but do we it. take a lot of pride in that. Shut up, Mac. We take a lot of pride <laughs> in that. See, he's just jealous. You know, that's I don't have a horn. Right. I'm jealous. Yeah, he doesn't. I'm bringing him into the booth in the wow, spring. Wow, this, this is off the rails. We'll talk about your horn when we stop recording. So, in that situation, I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. It, and, and I don't care if it's Nation Ford or whoever the opponent. You want to make sure you get the young man's name right. So, apologies 
to the Giles family for that for sure. But uh, before we leave Tuesday night, Mac, let's talk about those Catawba Ridge Copperheads. In order to get to Friday to do what they wanted to do region-wise, both, both boys and girls, Tuesday night they had to get through Tuesday to get to Friday. That's that what the calendar says. It's so, usually how that works. Yeah, yeah. usually. Well, yeah, they had to face Indianland, um, and they were needing a season sweep against Indianland, which they got um, some last-second heroics by Grant Lovett with a steal and a bucket to gave them the win uh, with about seven seconds left. Indianland tried to get a shot off but could not. They missed. So that obviously broke any type of would-be tie with Indianland. So they basically – and the girls – you know, they struggled a little bit with the Indianland girls initially, but after halftime, and it was senior night at Catawba Ridge, so it was a little little different. There's a lot of emotions going on and stuff like that. So once halftime was over and Coach Presley's like, uh, we still got a game to play. Let's play the game. They came out, and then they put up a 17 spot in the third quarter, outscored Indianland 17-2. So the Catawba Ridge girls coasted from that point. Um, but going back to the boys' game, you know they had to beat to beat Indianland to prevent a tie or of any type or split, and they did uh, again. Grant Lovett with the heroics, and this really set up, I guess, Friday's matchup with Northwestern, to where you know again they had to win, you know, and they were then at that point pulling for Indianland to beat Lancaster, which did not happen. Lancaster beat Indianland in double overtime at Indianland. I think the score was like 96-91. I mean, they were they were like dropping some buckets. So uh, so basically, Indianland it gets a three seed. Catawba Ridge gets a two seed for the boys. And Lancaster gets the one seed. Lancaster and Catawba Ridge share the Region 3 4A basketball title. And then so the South Point girls and um, – Catawba Ridge girls share their Region 3 4A basketball title, but Catawba Ridge gets the one seed because they beat, it went to point differential. They beat South Point more than South Point beat them. South Point's two, and uh, we start the playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs. Here's that word, playoffs. It's that time. So let's go into Friday night, the last game of the regular season, and, and I, I think I said this last week. There are times where I feel like this season has lasted six and a half years, and then there's other times I feel like it's lasted a week and a half. And um, I ran into Coach Bennett and Coach Brown of Nation Forward Friday, and I told them two things. I told them that, but I also told them that I've seen their teams play several times, and I felt like that they were a reflection of their coach. Uh, gritty. Uh, they do the little things, the dirty things, the right way, and that's a positive thing. Don't take that the wrong way. But um, And they both were – were all shucks about it, but they were like, no, but appreciate that because they are. I mean, they just are. Well, and they can take pride in that because that's something that, that will get you wins one day down the road. It, it, will, it will pay dividends. And so um, Friday, the Milltown showdown, this time in the hive, the first time these two teams went down, Fort Mill was able to squeak by uh, varsity girls uh, to get at the at the time was their only region victory of the season. Friday night, they went again. Real quick, uh, the ninth grade boys, Fort Mill uh, beat NAFO, ninth grade, or uh, JV boys, Fort Mill beat Nation Ford, and JV girls, 
Uh, that final score was 46-11. Uh, to 11. So uh, Fort Mill, if they could win the varsity girls game, boys game, would go 10-0 and against the Falcons in basketball. I've gone back in my notes as far as I can go back. I'm going to have to lean on you. I don't think it's happened. I can't if it imagine has happened, it has. it's been way back in 08 or 09 mm-hmm. when Nation Ford was brand new. I, yeah, I was going to say, I don't recall where, and I'm, you know, granted, I'm not on top of things with, when it comes to the JVs, but it would have to be early on in the, you know, when Nation Ford's trying to get their feet under them and, and their new school and their, you know, so it would have to be 07, 08, 08, 09, somewhere in there where, you know, their teams are young and they're, Still trying to put together everything, but I I don't recall where it's it's happened like that in a while. So Keith, tell us about what happened uh, between the varsity girls Friday night. Well, it it started out just like the first game uh, at the roost at Nation Ford. Nation Ford seemed to have been in control of the game for most of the game actually, but then there was that pesky fourth period that kind of puts a damper in a lot of games and. That's when Fort Mill rose up. Um, the varsity girls took an eight-point lead at one point, and then they were able to bring a one-point lead into the fourth quarter. And then this time it was Reagan Reyes, who was the hero. She scored 10 of her game-high 24 points in the fourth quarter to lead the Jackets to a 48-42 win. Their two wins over Nation Ford were their only two region wins of the season. And that that's quite remarkable. They They – played tough all season long so it's it's almost hard to fathom that they did only win two region games Camille Carriage led the way with the Falcons for 16 points but she didn't score in the second half which almost certainly contributed to the struggle for Nation Ford they finished the season at three and seven in region play and 12 and 13 overall and like the boys they'll travel to Dorman this week for the first round of the state playoffs not exactly sure when probably Thursday I believe and That's that correct. will be the first round. Well, maybe, well, well, I've heard Wednesday or Thursday. I think right. it's Wednesday. Um, yeah, don't don't hold us to this, but I think it's Wednesday. It's going to be a doubleheader. Okay. Um, from what I understand, it's you know because obviously they're playing the same team. They got to go to the same together. place. Yeah. Keith, yeah. get Dave Johnson on the phone real quick while we're live. Let's go ahead and figure <laughs> this out while we're while Wednesday, one, Thursday. Come on, Dave. No, never mind. Excuse me, gentlemen. Dave Johnson, line one. Dave Johnson. Um, so Who is well, it? Keith Cook. Yeah. Tell him I've got other people on the you other know, line. It, from, a, from an athletic standpoint, though, if you're playing, if you're both on the road and you're at the same school, just play them in the same night. Yeah, yeah. it makes the boys sense. Or girls makes sense. are used to that kind of setup, and just let it rip. Well, you think both schools would be, you know, appreciative of that, so you yeah. don't have to run more costs. And, well, I mean, well, you got to look I'll at say it. That, well, well, the other thing is, is that whoever wins those games, that's an extra day of rest because right. the next game. The next round is Saturday. Saturday, right. Right. Yeah, and you got to look at as far as the school district, you're, it makes no sense to drive down there Wednesday, turn around, drive back down there Thursday. So, yeah, I mean, good luck and, and go get them. And, and anything can happen. I mean, it, yeah, it's Dorman. I understand that. But Dorman's been beaten by Milltown teams before. Uh, the A.K.A. Than, wrestling just like <laughs> – like earlier, well, like we since you brought it up, Sorry. yeah, but not, <laughs> not, yeah, not just wrestling though; it's been other sports as well. Yeah. So, um, don't don't count it out. So that led us to the boys' game. What was at stake? Well, the Nation Ford Falcons, uh, basically their play. I kind of felt like their playoff 
spot was solidified. There might have been a little wiggle room, but I felt like they were going to be the fifth seed coming out of Region 3, period, end of discussion. They were solidly in the playoffs, but you still want bragging rights. You still want to take one. You still want to take the scalp of your arch rival, and I get that. For Fort Mill, there was a ton on the line. Jackets had to win to win the region. Anything else in the scenario got really muddy really quickly. Um, So it was also senior night. And usually on senior night, you'll see teams come out a little sluggish. Uh, That was not the case Friday night. Uh, The Fort Mill Yellow Jackets came out swinging. um, But it was a freshman who came out swinging. That was A.J. Washington. Uh, He scored seven big points in the first quarter. Braylon McCain, a senior, he nailed a three. So did Tooper. um, As Fort Mill took an early seven point lead going into quarter number two quarter number two kind of a draw really it was just a a really slow it was it was just yeah it yeah. was it was like molasses on a cold georgia morning rolling uphill it was just every both teams seemed to just the harder they tried the worse it got fouls mounted a little bit and it was 24 to 16 and half and in the third quarter well, the, the skies opened up, and all of a sudden the basketball was the size of a tennis ball and the hoop was the size of a beach ball, and both teams are just firing left and right. Uh, J.J. Rembert scored in that one. Sheldon Joseph had five of his uh, nine in that period of play. Uh, ben Chuddy, uh, I beg your pardon, Jackson Faulkner, Turner Blackwood, and Caden Giles all scored in that period as well for Fort Mill. Two big threes from A.J. Washington. He was in double figures. Zach Jennings scored all five of his points in the third quarter. Jackets led by 10, 44, 34. And then the fourth period was a mirror image of the second period where it just got a little sluggish, a little off. Nation 4 trying to hit shots. They did hit a couple of threes. But that was the only two buckets the Falcons had. Conversely, Fort Mill had one bucket in the fourth quarter. And you think, well, that's not good. Well, they stepped to the free throw line two, four, six, eight, ten times. They hit eight of the ten, and the final score, 53-43. Fort Mill does the double sweep um, over the Nation 4 Falcons. Fort Mill for the second year in a row, the Region 3 5A champs. Now, when they were 7-10 and 10 overall and 0-2 and in region play, who would have thunk that? Yes, I did make the comment, to, and I'll go ahead and tell the whole world who it was. It was Zach Jennings' dad, John. I told him after that Rock Hill game, I said, Dwayne Hartsoe has done this before. He will drag this team into the playoffs, kicking and screaming if it kills them. What I meant by that was maybe finding a way to go 5-5. Five and five. I did not mean win eight straight and win the region. That's not what I was talking about, fellas. You should have been more clear. I should have, I should have clarified my expectations. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Um, so, but nonetheless, congratulations to Dwayne Hartso. Uh, the year that he becomes the all time winningest coach in Fort Mill basketball history, he can say that his team were the region champions on top of that. Uh, so what does that mean for the playoffs? Back to that P word again. What does it mean? Fort Mill is the highest seed in the upper state, they are the number one seed. They will have home court advantage throughout the playoffs as long as they stay in the playoffs. Who do they play in the first round? Who's the at-large from the upstate? Everybody – no, never mind. It's Spring Valley. So, yes, so Fort Mill girls take on Spring Valley in the Valley 
as Fort Mill girls got the at-large bid. So the ladies go on the road, play at the Vikings, but the Vikings have to get on a bus and come to Fort Mill the next day and play boys basketball in the Hive. These two teams are going to get a little sick of each other really, really quickly at this point in time. But uh, but Spring Valley got – and here's why. People are like, why, why did they get the at-large? They look at your overall resume. Fort Mill Lady Jackets had two region victories. That surpassed the other schools available in the upstate. Boys for Spring Valley. Malden only won two region games, but Spring Valley's strength of schedule and their ranking in the state – was for superior to Gaffney. Gaffney went 0 and I think eight in region play, and I think they finished like four and twenty-two. So they weren't going to the postseason. Malden was the other one. Spring Valley's resume just looked better. So the other schools in that part of the bracket, you got Fort Mill versus Spring Valley. The winner of that game will take on the winner of Boiling Springs against the Hillcrest Rams. If it's Hillcrest Fort Mill has seen Hillcrest before in the Chesney Basketball Classic. That was a game of the Hillcrest Rams. They led the entire way. Fort Mill won it in the end, 53-49. They won that game in the last 45 seconds and basically smash and grab. Hillcrest can play basketball. That'll be interesting. They've got some height, so we'll see how that comes out. So Nation Forge at Dorman, both boys and girls. Fort Mill play the Spring Valley Vikings. Girls on the road, boys at home. Catawba Ridge. C. Oh, CR. No, CR. Um, yes, yeah, CR. Got it. Get it. C. R. Um, R. The uh, girls play Thursday. I believe. Okay, let, let's pump the brakes there, Tonto. I believe that we will win. I believe. All right, so the Catawba Ridge girls, I'll carry on. Um, they will play Eastside on Thursday. Catawba Ridge girls, the number one seed out of their region. So they will play Eastside. And on Wednesday, the Catawba Ridge boys, who are number two out of their region uh, by seeding alone, will play Riverside. So a lot of sides, one east side, one Riverside, and they're playing inside. See where I'm going with this? So one game on Thursday. In the arena side. And one game on Thursday and one game on Wednesday. Ironically, I think if Catawba Ridge boys win, which I feel like they should, they will match up in the second round, if I'm not mistaken, um, which my wife tells me I am often. They will match up with North Augusta, the number one team in the state. In playing 4A. somebody in Georgia? North Augusta. North Augusta. But I think, I think North Augusta is undefeated, if I'm not mistaken. What you don't want to be is on the wrong side of the scoreboard, which in the arena is on the far side of the floor. And I believe well the school is Creekside. Creekside, which is near the what's the name of the elementary school right beside it? Forest Creek. What are you even talking about now? We're which on the I wrong can't side. Even throw a ball you're, to the now side you're of a on barn. the wrong side of this conversation. I've been on the wrong side for a long time, <laughs> <laughs> apparently. So get yourself together. But as they say, we're just taking it one game at a time, and and it would be it would be a good matchup between Catawba Ridge boys and um, North Augusta if it comes down to that in the second round. But Catawba Ridge would have to drive the two and a half hours. Yeah, that's a long drive down there. To North Augusta. And that's, that's uh, I mean, they did it for football. But, I mean, that's, that's a tough place to play. So, Yeah, and, and you want to know how tough that place is to play. Ask Coach Lindak in the Copperheads. That, that was a rough start to that, that football game. North Augusta fans, they, they bring it. 
And they're considered upper state, which is kind of crazy. They are considered upper state. Uh, kind of talk about they're that at the for line, just a right? second. Yeah, the line kind of unofficially runs through Aiken, through Columbia, towards the beach. So you'll have, for example, um, you'll have a Chapin, right? That can be either one. You can have an Irmo. They could be either one. Uh, that's why North Augusta is upstate, whereas somebody like a Carolina Forest or a Myrtle Beach, in in the lower country, in the low country. So that's how that that and the reason for that line is look at where the population centers are and the number of schools, and that's why it's kind of shaped the way yeah. that it is. That's why we get Spartanburg and well, another thing that's weird about lines and everything. A school not too far away from here, Andrew Jackson. Which is in Kershaw. They're lower state. They're considered they? lower state. Well, that I mean, yeah, that's that's two A. That's two only versus, ten minutes away from Lancaster. Right. That's two A versus four A versus you know, and right. it, I know the lines are different based on classifications and stuff, yep. but it's it's that, still weird. It just that's doesn't, because of the un. I, I think because uh, former AJ coach Jimmy Jackson, who's now the head coach of Great Falls, the Red Devils. He told me it's because of the disproportionate number right. of two A schools that are in the right. low country compared to the upstate. So you have this unbalanced, as he called it, bracket. Um, which, well, then Great which Falls would probably be lower state, also, wouldn't they? Or are they just I past that they, line? Maybe I think they're upper state. Are they? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I guess because they're they're more close. They're closer to Chester. Great I guess. Falls one A, two A, one A, one A. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So it, it is Mac a very. Very yeah. weird, uh, interesting dynamic for sure. Uh, but man, I tell you what, what, what a what a freaking week in this town. Um, it's been it's, wild. It's been sure. wild. It has really been two really long weeks. I know Max worked about 160 hours the last <laughs> two weeks. Um, See, that's why I'm delirious. Yeah, or I, normally well, he doesn't me. seem as tired this week as he did last week because he came in talking about how I, tired he was. I, was <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm still amped up from Saturday night and yeah, the wrestling. Absolutely. I mean, amped up. That's enough to keep you going. Yeah, a no, state I'll tell championship. You when you were amped up Saturday night, you want to know when you were amped up Saturday night? Uh, when it was raining is... cats and dogs, you were driving through that neighborhood <laughs> with no street lights, and man, you were letting. And it nobody lie. got kicked out of any restaurants. I assume. I, in I, had, I yeah. had a deadline I needed to make and wanted to make, so yeah. No, that li- no. We stopped at the Lizards Thicket in Blythewood. Okay, smart. And no one was asked to leave. Good. Yes, that's true. You really got to press some buttons to get kicked out of the Lizards, Lizards Thicket. Thicket. <laughs> yeah, but true. we uh we and we set some land speed records on the way home driving in the rain. I was like, I was like, you know, Lewis Hamilton, like with <laughs> with rain tires on. And, and somebody offered to buy me some windshield wipers and some Rain-X. Because oh, the windshield does need some help. Yeah, this, is, I mean. this is Mac Banks on the interstate Saturday night. This tractor trailer pulls out in the left lane, and this dude behind him jumps out to the right and then basically blocks him in going the speed limit. <laughs> you want to talk about creative with the words? My man let it out. Like, he, he just... The FCC he, wouldn't like it, right? He was... <laughs> Well, the dude was literally about—he was, about, really was literally—he was literally about to cause an accident because he was just—I don't know what he was doing. I don't think he knows what he was doing either. But you know, it's raining and everything, and and yeah. So we you, had to, you were we had not to like him. Lewis Hamilton. You were more like Jackie Gleason and Smokey and the Bandit. 
That's a close second, yeah. I was, I was a, what yeah. we've got here is a complete lack of respect for the law. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. Uh, I have no defense, Your Honor. Well, that was the, the, the truck driver, I think, right? <laughs> yeah, that that might have been, uh, what was the guy's name? On Smoking the Bandit, the truck driver? Oh, Jerry Reed? Jerry Reed. Yeah, Jerry Reed. He that was the snowman been, in, yeah, the, yeah, in the movie. It could have been Eastbound and down. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but, yeah, so. But oh. we made it, and we're here. We're, we're here. We're, 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 we're here. We're here. We're here. We're um, here. So. Yeah, we were here. We were there. We will be covering the games this week, by the way. Um, no broadcast Fort Mill at Spring Valley because of the Richland District 2 uh, fee, which is totally. 250 at least. totally. 200. Uh it's 200, which is four times the going rate. So there will we will have coverage on Fort Mill Prep uh, on uh, Twitter and also on Fort Mill Prep Sports. There will be an article about Fort Mill at Spring Valley. Uh, Nation Forward, that's going to get covered by uh, Mr. Mac Banks. Then Thursday's match between the Vikings and the Yellow Jackets varsity boys, there will be coverage of that as well. Catawba Ridge, we've also got coverage there as well. I think our boy David. Well, well, yeah. Might be covering that. So, nonetheless, we'll have it all covered for you, and we'll discuss what happened uh, with basketball uh, next week on the Mouthy Milltowners. Can we talk about who we got next week? Is that a can – we, can we bring that up? We can't bring that up. Well, I mean, I don't – no. I would hate to bring it up and then hate it to bring it up. fall apart. Yeah, we don't want to do that. But hopefully, <laughs> Lord, not- Lord willing and the creek don't rise, we will have a special guest on Mouthy Milltowners next week. And I'm I'm if it comes I'm excited, I'm excited because this dude if if it works out and I hope it does it would be recorded full of beans, and he he's just they're good for your heart. If you cannot get excited around this coach, there is something wrong with you. That I will tell you. But hopefully we'll be able to work that out. And it should be it should be a recorded thing of a jig. So um, he he won't be live here in the studio. So we'll see if uh, we can. uh, Dot some T's and cross some I's or something like that. Says the journalist. <laughs> but we'll talk about basketball. We will also start talking about spring sports. We're going to dive into baseball a little bit. We're going to dive into softball a little bit. We're going to get into lacrosse and soccer and a couple other things. We're going to touch on it, not really get in deep per se, because we really want, want this interview to be the bulk of the podcast next week. Gentlemen, I think that about sums it up for the week of – what week is it? February. What day is today? The 12th? Well, February that would mean 5th. the week of February the... 5th. 5th? Yeah, that thing. So It said there'd be no math. Yeah. I, it, like I said, sometimes it feels like the season lasted a week and a half, and sometimes it felt like six years. So it, it's been a long, a long season. But um, All six teams are in, so that's good. That's which good. is what yeah. we wanted. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's that what we all wanted. Gives that, us and, and I, content. And, and we got what we wanted. Now let's see what we can do with it. So uh, but we'll talk about that next week. And um, we did have a question, our first request ever. They asked us to do baseball previews. We'll do baseball previews. This particular fan, and we appreciate the support, they wanted us to do an hour preview for each school. We're not going to be able to make that work, but we'll talk about each school, and we'll give the equal amount of time to all three high schools in the sport of baseball. We will talk about it. It's just not going to be able to go an hour for each school. But we certainly will talk. And there's plenty to talk about of course. with that because there's changes of plenty at all three. So, uh, But on behalf of Keith Cook, Mac Banks, I'm John Turner. Thanks for the support. 
Okay, give us a review out there on the Apple platform, also on Spotify. Appreciate your support. If you have any questions or concerns, you want to be on the program, let us know, and uh, appreciate all the support. So until next time, we'll see you crazy kids for another edition of Mouthy Meltoner. So long, everybody.